Welcome to this episode of TechLink in Conversation. I'm Eddie Grant, a Director of Technical Connection. During our conversations, we seek to review the topical bulletins published on TechLink, our knowledge management tool for all things tax, trusts, pensions, and much, much more. Today, we are doing something slightly different. Across the profession, there are many people going beyond diploma and even beyond chartered. Several universities have master's qualifications and students have undertaken significant research. Our interview today explores the research, its findings, but also the journey. I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Lowe, who completed his dissertation in 2021. Hello, Tom. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, and lovely to be here, Eddie. It's great to see you. Um, so thank you very much for sharing a copy of your research in advance. Um, I noticed that it's focused on the reason for and value of seeking financial advice, a topic uh, very close to my heart, the value of advice, um, and, and reading your dissertation, obviously very close to your heart. So I'm curious, how, how did you decide um, to, to look at this particular research? Um, as a financial advisor, ultimately my role is to be able to uh, find clients that I can give advice to. Um, but the question is, how does one as a financial advisor go and find those clients in the first place? Um, one might think that uh, if you're working for a large high street retail bank that you're under the cosh, under pressure from your line manager to go and find as many clients as you possibly can and and sell financial products to them. But the reality is that it doesn't work like that. And uh, what I wanted to know was to better understand the triggers that started an individual to go out and actually seek a financial advisor, to look for an individual, uh, a financial advisor that was able to give them financial advice. What were those triggers? Um, and then once they had found a financial advisor, um, what was the value that they, they got from, from that relationship? And, um, and, and what did you find, think were the, the sort of key findings of your research? So <clears throat> there were a number of key findings. Uh, 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 many of which were actually corroborated by uh, the existing body of knowledge uh, that, that I found in the literature research. Um, the first thing to say is that the original trigger why any ind individual would go and find a financial advisor would be um, an event, a life event that would occur to that individual. Um, there are a reasonable number of life events, but they are limited uh, and they are limited still further normally by the, the age of the individual. So, for example, if you're in your mid 20s, you might be thinking about marriage. You might be thinking about uh, uh, buying your first home and getting a mortgage. You might be thinking about potentially having your first child. Uh, and all of these events uh, often trigger a requirement to go and speak to a financial advisor, perhaps to find a mortgage, to start putting money away for a pension, to, to have a will. Um, in your middle age, you might be wanting to contribute more to a mortgage. You might be approaching retirement in your, in your 60s, 70s. Uh, and if you're in your 80s, you might be thinking about how you pass that wealth down onto the next generation. But these are all different individual events that would occur within an individual's lifetime, which uh, 
um, normally or often that client will not know how to solve that financial problem and will therefore go and seek advice from a financial advisor. So it is not something that is driven by the financial advisor. It is something very much that is driven by the individual. Um, the, the, the second sort of concept that uh, I discovered, if you like, through this project was that principally you could categorize all types of financial advice into two areas, transactional and emotional. Uh, transactional would be uh, setting up the pension, setting up the mortgage, putting in place a, a, an ISA or, or a regular uh, savings plan, um, uh, taking benefits from a pension, tax-free cash income, uh, things like that. <clears throat> But um, clients often also require an element of uh, a bit of an emotional cuddle, if you like, uh, where they would they want reassurance that everything's going in the right direction. Um, am I doing the right thing? I'm not entirely sure how best to maximise my tax relief. Um, is everything going to be okay for me? How do I ensure that I have sufficient income when I come to retire? What do I need to do? Um, and the role of the advisor within that particular instance would be uh, to handhold, to sit on the same side of the table and to uh, walk the, through, the, the client through a financial plan, putting in place um, a, a, a plan that enables the client to be able to achieve whatever is important to them for the rest of their lives. Um, I often joke when I'm with, with clients that uh, I'm going to kill them off on their 100th birthday uh, and uh, that they need to ensure that holistically, taking a step back, looking at their entire wealth, um, how do we manage all of their wealth by creating a longer term strategic plan in order to ensure that they can do the stuff that's important to them, whatever that may be. And that's much more of a sort of an emotional relationship um, and is very much an ongoing one, uh, you know, quite possibly for the rest of their lives, depending upon how old they are, uh, but, but differs from the, 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 the transactional aspect that I spoke about at the moment uh, earlier. That's really interesting. And, um, and uh, as you, you also undertook um, what is known as a, a literature review, which looks at all theories and, um, and wider research. Um, so what, what did you learn from, from that review? Um, from listening to, to the, the, the other people doing their studies, it, it sounded like a, a mammoth task, that element. Yeah, the lit review is is arguably, um, it's the largest chapter and it's, it's arguably the least interesting in some respects because you've got an awful lot of material that you need to wade through. Um, having said that, often you come across uh, really, really interesting nuggets of information, which you think, oh, this is perfect, you know, and, and, and you, you learn from it and, and you can add that. Um, and the answer to the question of what did I learn, uh, essentially, there have been numerous uh, pieces of research, numerous reports over the decades. Um, a lot of it has been done uh, industry-wide by, for example, the regulator, the FSA, then the FCA, um, there was a large event in 2012, which was called the Retail Distribution Review, which changed the way that the industry wanted to be perceived by prospective clients and, and the way that uh, we within the industry charge clients. Um, and a large part of that RDR was about trying to 
build or increase trust uh, that people may have in financial advisors in the industry as a whole. Um, and uh, the Lit Review uh, helped sort of solidify um, a lot of the, the, the postulations, the thesis that I brought forward to my project, which was um, that, uh, yes, of course, there are transactional aspects to, to putting in place uh, things, products, if you like, for, for, for clients, but also that the ongoing um, advice and service that a financial advisor can offer is of fundamental importance. Trust is a big part of it. Um, and uh, there were a small number of uh, papers which also looked at the time points within an individual's life as to why they would go out and seek advice in the first place. So to a large extent, I mean, I use that lit review to um, as, as, as a really f solid foundation to be able to base the questions that I asked in, in my methodology when I actually went out and spoke to clients. And um, in addition to the to the, the literature review, um, your actual research was done by interviews. Um, did they go to plan? Um, what did you discover from from talking to uh, to individuals? So yes, the interviews did go to plan. Um, for for a master's dissertation, the expectation was that I would have about uh, ten client interviews. I had twelve in the end. Um, I asked a total of, um, I think it was about 23, 24 questions. Um, and I essentially took each individual uh, or couple, because some of these interviews were, were couples, uh, through the journey of starting at the beginning, uh, at what age were you and why did you first seek financial advice? And I just took the, 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 the client's uh, through that journey to, to sort of try to better understand what value they gained from that ongoing relationship. Um, and although, of course, every couple, every individual is, is unique and bespoke in, in some respects, what was very interesting to see was that they, although they may have used their own words, uh, when, you, when you go back and look at the results, actually a lot of the answers uh, could be collected into the same pot very similar which was about financial security and retirement uh, and normally financial security meant having a regular uh, income that was sufficient to enable people to be able to do the things that were important to them um, and uh, yeah my, my clients were incredibly helpful and uh, were very pleased to be a part of uh, the MSC. Brilliant. Um, and if if I go back to you, you talked about the sort of emotional side of of advice. Um, one of the themes that has, has come up in some of the other interviews is around uh, vulnerability and uh, and supporting clients. Did you did you identify uh, any of that in the research that that you did as in terms of life events that clients may experience? Uh, no, I didn't look at vulnerability at all, I confess. Uh, I know that some of the other guys were looking into that as an area. Um, unless you include a lack of knowledge and understanding of investments as a vulnerability, which I don't think you do. Uh, but the, the, the bottom line is that the financial advisor has got a set of skills and a set of knowledge built up through experience that enables them to be able to find financial solutions to uh, the problems that the clients have uh, and that is what the client is buying into uh, literally by paying a fee they are buying into 
the the, the knowledge that the advisor has. So, um, but no, I, I wasn't looking at any other aspects of vulnerability. Okay, and um, and and uh, you know, I'm sure some of the listeners will will be rethinking. Um, so this sounds really interesting. Of the, the, the whole concept of a of a, a master's and a dissertation, um, you've probably inspired them to to follow in your footsteps. Um, what what um, what guidance would you uh, give people? What you know? What three great tips could you give to an aspiring student? Um, <clears throat> the first thing I would say is, uh, and the most important thing I would say is, find a subject that you are genuinely very interested in. Uh, there is no doubt that. Uh, engaging in the process of doing a master's is not a small feat. Um, it requires a lot of time. And if you choose a subject that you're not passionate about and not interested in, it's just going to feel like uh, wading through treacle and it's it, you will procrastinate and uh, it will not be fun. So you need to find something that you are genuinely interested in because when you do the research and in, especially the lit review, um, you, you need to feel sufficiently motivated that you are actually going to sit down and spend a few hours of doing this. Um, and, and with that in mind, for example, I've actually chosen to, to do a PhD following this uh, with the University of Gloucestershire. Uh, my, my true passion in life lies in sailing. And I was able to invent my own subject uh, within the sailing world. And um, I don't struggle with motivation because I just love it. So find a subject that you really love. The second thing I would say is that you need to have sufficient self-discipline to be able to put aside the time to be able to go and do the work. Um, don't kid yourself. There will be aspects of this project which we, you will not find particularly interesting. Um, wading through uh, papers talking about the regulator and pensions, for example, is not the most interesting thing that I could have been doing in the world, but you need to have that discipline to be able to um, just push on. Um, and interestingly, you know, once you get stuck into it, you, you, I discovered on quite a few occasions that I looked down at my watch and I've been doing this for three hours and I've actually written quite a lot and the time has moved on very quickly and I've actually been really, really productive. And then you feel great. Um and I, I guess the third thing to say is is persevere. Um, you know, don't give up. Um, keep going with it. Um, set aside some time in your diary that you're going to do the work um, and you will be rewarded. It may feel like a, a long way in the future, but when you hand that dissertation in uh, and, and you get your uh, master's, you will feel very, very proud of yourself. Um, and uh, yeah, so so persevere and don't give up. Brilliant. I've had three really great, great tips. Um, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your your insights. Uh, really appreciate it. And, and as always, really great to, to catch up. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Eddie. The content of this recording is strictly for general consideration only. No action must be taken or refrained from based on the content alone. Professional advice must always be sought. Accordingly, neither Technical Connection Limited nor any of its officers, employees or contractors can take responsibility for any loss occasioned because of any such action or inaction.